welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. And we're live. Hey, everybody. It's Sunday night, so it's time for Sunday Night Teacher Talk, which is, you know, I am enjoying a lot. And I don't always plan what to say at the beginning of this. Plus, there's no one watching me right yet. So I'm just going to keep talking. Um, what in, in, there was a lot going back to school this week. And so I have a video coming up about, um, I'm going to put out a video tonight about my week coming back from spring break that was extremely tumultuous. Um, what's up, Kyle, Tracy, Kaylin, Kayla? There's Kaylin and Kayla together. Um, oh, I'm frozen oh, yeah. again. You got to be kidding me. YouTube. I don't understand. I really want to use your platform, but make it incredibly difficult. Uh, let's see if it works out. Is it freezing up on there? Otherwise, I got to do this for my phone, and it doesn't look as good. No, Tracy Pinter said you're fine. Uh, okay. Well, let, keep me posted. If it does, then we'll we'll figure it out. But um, so, oh, now it's fine. It works. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so this week was extremely tumultuous. I have a video, like I was just saying, coming out tonight, um, where we had like some traumatic stuff happen at the school with one of our students, and how that affected the week, and how you can. Like how you have to kind of navigate that stuff sometimes because you don't know what kids are going to come back with. Uh, so talking about that in the new video that's coming out tonight, talking about these ridiculous new health regimens my wife continues to give me, like drinking bullet coffee and intermittent fasting, which means I can't eat anything until later in the day. And I don't even drink coffee until 8 a.m., which is when school starts. So I'm like really asking kids for to be gracious with me because I have not yet had any caffeine in the morning. Um, so what's up everyone? Um, Oklahoma. So I haven't been to school in two weeks. Nice work. Zoe B. Uh, oh, never mind. That's not good. Then I forgot about that. What's going on in Oklahoma. We talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, I thought it was, I thought you were talking about spring break and I was just saying, that was great, but um, that was weird uh, on my part, not yours, of course. So let's uh, let's get into this. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, um, this is your first time to the live feed. Then what we're doing here is talking about teacher stuff, right? And 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 that gets a little bit broader than that sometimes as well. So what we're the idea here? My idea is based in um, in this idea of like teachers being nervous, students being nervous on Sunday night about what's going to happen Monday. And I'll tell you, last Sunday night, I went to bed. We went to bed too late, I remember. But then I hadn't been drinking coffee as much over spring break, and I drank coffee late. I did not fall asleep until 3 a.m., and I typically get up at, I typically get up right before 6. Plus, I bought these blackout curtains for my room. So my room was so black that when I woke up and I opened my eyes, I still couldn't see anything in my room. It was kind of creeping me out. So th I think those two things mixed together, the late coffee and the blackout curtains, it was messing with my head. And I had like two hours of sleep after being off school 
for two weeks. And so that was like incredibly difficult to come back from. Um, so, so that's kind of where my head was last week. But, you know, I, I just remember like, especially in the beginning, being really, really nervous on Sunday nights. And so we're here to kind of talk about some. Go ahead and answer questions in the comments. I've been hearing about people that are like contacting one another outside of this broadcast that are talking, or I love seeing in the comments, like people that are talking. And before we, my, my last little thing I want to say, because it was so awesome last week, was on this broadcast when everyone shared where they were from, it was like blowing my mind that folks from South Korea and Taiwan and the Netherlands, like all over the world were, were doing this. So it's been really, really cool. Um, and if you're in this area, we're going to end up, we're actually doing a meetup on May 5th and I'm going to post on my channel and on Instagram where that's going to happen. But on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, we're going to do a meetup. No, May 4th this Friday. No, we said May 5th. Oh, I thought May 4th. Whatever. Whichever one. No. I, fourth I don't fifth, know now. To, to be announced. Fourth or fifth of May. So soon. It's going to go down as soon as I talk to my wife about it. Um, all right. What do we got? Anything? Oh, here you go. So Kyle is asking, Kyle Everhart says, I just got hired for a full-time position that will start Monday and I finished my internship. One of my classes is a class of seniors that have checked out because it will be, I will be their fifth teacher. I do have a couple of suggestions for that, but um, starting to teach this time of the year is tough for everyone. Like I hear that. And the beast is laying on my feet. So Kyle, I would say this, that like, first of all, teaching this time of the year is tough anyway. Your students are checked out, maybe because you're the fifth teacher that they've had this year. But it's also because they're seniors and it's this close to the end of the school year too, right? So it has nothing to do with you. And I think that's important to remember because, you know, as teachers, a lot of times we beat ourselves up about not being able to be the thing for students in class or not being able to kind of like bring the fire. But at this point, I think it's important to think about what can you do with the rest of the year? So kind of map it out for the students. Sometimes I'll put like a calendar up on my board and I'll like just go to like it's like datesandtimes.com or something like that. Get a nice big calendar and you can write on it and say like these are the days that we already have off for Memorial Day or for some sort of holiday or for parent teacher conferences. And then these all of these days are the ones that are still usable in class. So this is what the rest of your year looks like. How can we maximize this experience? And I just did this with my sophomores the other day where we were going to start a new book. They were bummed that we were starting a new book, but I'm like, look, we also have these days off for state testing. We have these days off for Memorial Day. I'm doing a trip on May 3rd with a street artist out of Chicago. So we have that coming up. We have a partnership we're doing with another middle school from near our school on another day. And we have that going on. Then we have another, or not a trip, but I have a DJ coming in the school to show the kids like how to, um, how like old school DJs used to work with like two actual records on a, on a turntable and a microphone. And they, 
So there's all these other things coming up. So let's figure out a way to maximize those number of days. And so maybe if they're seniors, think about what are skills they're going to have to know for college and then how can you tackle them in little chunks, like not a two-week unit maybe. And if it is a two-week unit, like breaking that down, what can we do um, for two days and talk about like, you know, maybe you can find like a cool article and like being um, like for the first time in your life, if you're going to college, you're going to be uh, like self-sufficient. Like your mom's not going to wake you up. No one's going to do your laundry. You have to figure out like when and where to eat and all that stuff. Figuring out study time. I know for my students, that's one of the hardest things they have to deal with is like having all this free time and, and they are the ones that get to dictate what they're going to do with those moments. Um, so that could be a cool unit. Maybe talking about like quick writing tips, like in college, these are things they're going to knock you down on, on a test. These are, this is the way you do short answer stuff in college, because that's because tests aren't multiple choice. They are just these little blue books. Most of the time that you fill things in on. So me, I I'm thinking practical tips for seniors that are about to go out on their own. Um, and then maybe have like a reflection piece. What has high school been like? What maybe write a letter to your ninth grade self and what would you tell them? Maybe having them talk about that and then talk, going to a class of freshmen and talking about um, like, like this is advice I wish I had been given when I started in ninth grade. And so that could be a project as well. Like they have to do a PowerPoint, they have to talk about that. That could be a fun thing to do with them as well. Um, instead of just instead of just like reading a book or something like that. Uh, Ella Jane is asking, saying, what are you pointing at, dude? Keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, we have state testing, or wait, right? State testing starting this week. Just a lot of pressure on everyone. And then that kind of, you can speak to that. Okay, so should I read that one also? So, Kaylin, or L, I want to say that, but Kaylin Miller is saying, I have rushed state testing, so we are doing what we would be doing three weeks in three weeks in one week. Any advice on how to stay calm and not get stressed out? Uh, so... How do I answer that together? I would say, one, whenever I'm super stressed out about anything, um, there's two things that I do. One, I stress myself out more on purpose because it makes that stress minimized. So what that looks like is uh, if I do, so hot yoga is my new jam that I've been doing. And I went to hot yoga on Friday and it was super hot because it was hot outside already. And it was super difficult because I don't know, it was just super difficult that day. And I find that when I do things like that, or I go to the gym, or I do something intentionally stressful, right, that it minimizes my stress in other areas. So making sure that like, maybe, maybe find some way to do that this week. I don't know what your life looks like, or where, where your living looks like. But I think like, for me, it's working out. And that is a way that I can reduce stress in my life. Two, I'd say I always remind myself, someone told me this along the way, and I, I don't remember who it was, but um, you know, remembering that, like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? You can only do your best. And then kind of like the cards fall where they may, and I'm not really sure where that saying came from either, which is kind of weird, like pick them up. I don't know. Uh, why are cards falling all over the place? But you can, my wife is scratching her head, shaking her head at me now. Um, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're not going to catch on fire. That's what someone once told me. 
And so going into it with that mindset of like, look, man, let's do the best that we can. Talking to the students about, look, I really care about you. I really care about, you know, you passing the test and it's important for this, these reasons. And so let's try and do like the best that we can on it. And there are tests in the past I've given that I don't believe in as much. And so I, I think I don't get the students as hype, but if it's something I really want them to take seriously, I think sometimes just talking to them about the value of that and maybe them talking about the value of that and having that conversation in class for 10 or 15 minutes can set your week up better. Like, all right, so if we're going to do better on this, day one, this is what we're going to do this week. This is everything I have to get through. I'm going to put it all on the board, but let's make this as memorable as possible so you remember it on the test. And then going at it like that, maybe incentivizing it and giving kids like, um, when this is all over, I know it's going to be hard for all of you, uh, but you'll win something at the end. Like we'll have a pizza day or a cereal day, we watch a movie, or we have some kind of like incentive that we're all going to like focus in on this a little bit more for. But those are the two things that come to mind. But, um, you know, and, and if nothing else, talk to somebody else about your stress and what you're feeling, right? It might just sound like you're just complaining, but sometimes like just letting that out and, and airing out how you're feeling makes you feel less stressed. Um, so that could look like going out for drinks with people after school. Although when stressed, watch the amount of alcohol you consume because that can end badly. And then the next day's review isn't so strong as you wanted it to be. Um, not saying I ever did that, but I know maybe my wife did one time. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, or finding ways to laugh or, or whatever with other people helps minimize that stress as well. What am I looking it's like at? A two part Anna's is there and there. Okay. So Anna, is this one the first one? Okay. I wasn't sure like in the feed how, how it was laid out. Anna is asking, I just got asked um, back to my current position and I have a meeting with another local board of ed. I'm stuck because while I dislike the administration organization of my current school, there's such a high turnover rate at my school title one. So I feel a responsibility to be there for the kiddos. How do you choose whether to stay or leave? So when I was in that exact same position, um, I used to teach in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, the, I really, the, it was a difficult place to be for any number of reasons. And, um, they, but I wanted to stay for the students. I've always wanted to stay for the students. I don't want to go anywhere because of the students, but, uh, with the, one of the real breaking points was that like, I just I just had a second child and I literally could not afford to stay there any longer. So I just took an interview at another school, the current school that I'm at in West Philly. And it was, I just took it and, you know, it was the best interview I'd ever had in my life because there was no stress. I didn't need that job. I just was checking it out to see if it was something that would work. And when I met the staff, when I saw the building, when I saw the classrooms, when I found out that I could make, um, an appropriate amount, like, a, like enough money um, to kind of sustain my family, not an enormous amount of money because I am a teacher after all, but there was enough there. And then when I realized that I'm essentially teaching the same population, right? This, uh, you know, all the things that were kind of like stacked against my students in Camden are stacked against my students in Philadelphia. And it felt like more of a lateral move. So I didn't get to stay in my current school, but in the end, it was just a better move. Um, 
the students are a huge factor. I don't know that they need to be the deciding factor for you all the time. Because if you can't be at your best, if you're not allowed to be, you know, there's a reason that some schools fail. And it's because their administration is poor, because their teachers don't come back, or because they can't get enough students, or, or there's all these other factors. So being making sure that you are in the place that's going to allow you to be the greatest you can be. And sometimes that is a really poorly run school because no one looks at you and you can get away with doing anything you want. Um, make sure that you're, you're taking care of yourself and your family as well. Like don't, you know, sometimes being the martyr isn't the right choice. Uh, so I'd say go for that interview, go check it out, see what it is. You might get to that school and it sucks. And you're like, I'm glad I have my other job or, you know, you might get there and it might seem like this is sort of a dream come true and I can do all these things and help all these students. At the end of the day, you're still helping students. You're still, you know, teaching um, to kids that really need it the most. Uh, so if, as long as you're doing that, right, like somebody's winning. Um, Rebecca is asking, I recently started a quote unquote club for students who struggle with socializing and mental health. This already sounds awesome. Um, the majority of students are ESL students. How can I help them? Also, how could I encourage them to come along? So to join the club, I'm guessing, look, th those dudes are my jam in terms of, how do I, how do we talk about this? Um, cause I, I don't want to, I, I just said those dudes and I don't want to like selling like them, like grouping everyone together. Anyway, um, my son growing up freaked out whenever we were in public. So if we were in public, we were in a target and someone said hi to him, uh, two, three-year-old Brody, right? Would like literally scream in their face and then bury his head in your shoulder and then not look at anyone, not talk to anyone. And sometimes you'd have to like leave the store because he, it was uh, an anxiety that he had. And it wasn't like a bratty thing. It was a very, like, it was, it was, it was difficult. And my son has high functioning autism. So um, when I don't usually talk about that. So it's a little weird that I just said that out loud that I'm just thinking of that. So um, one of the things I started doing was like everywhere we went, we kind of like, I'd say, all right, this is what's going to go down. We're going to walk into this house. There's going to be this many people there, roughly, right? Because he's little. So you can't, if it's 20 or 30, it doesn't really matter. This person's going to say hi to you. You are going to say hi back. And you don't have to talk any more than that. But you have to look them in the eye as best you can. And you have to say, hi, thank you for having me at your house. And then that was it. And for kids, right, to say that to someone is a is a big deal. Like, so if my grandmother's friend is somewhere and my son can, and I, I've prepped him, you know, for the game and he walks in and he says, hi, thank you so much for having me over your house today. Or, um, your house is really beautiful or what, whatever that thing is that we've kind of rehearsed. Um, it really makes an impact on the person and lights them up. And it makes an impact on Brody because he's learning those social skills. And, and I have no training in this. this is just like crap I was making up. But now whenever I go somewhere, this dude is like, we say Broad's running for mayor all the time. Like if we go to the local convenience store, so in Jersey, it's Wawa. Um, if I go to Wawa and I'm buying bread or, or getting the kids ice cream or something like that, he'll like 
say hello to the cashier. Hi, how are you doing today? And they're always just kind of like, why is this 10 year old kid like talking to me like we're both grownups? And it cracks them up. And so I think just teaching kids how to do like regular old stuff like that can help. How to get on the bus, say hello to the bus driver, ask that person if you can sit next to them. But running through it and then doing it, you can even practice in the office with the janitorial crew in your school um, with, you know, how to talk to students and maybe get like some other students that are that feel more comfortable. That would be um, like good role models to kind of hang out with them, teach them how to have a conversation about regular stuff, teach them how to ask other people their opinions, teach them how to look in their eyes. I think that is awesome. That club sounds like the greatest. I wish I could be a part of it. How do, you encourage them to come along? how do I encourage them to come along? Um, dude, you should be in my club. It's awesome. And I think you would be the greatest fit and you would actually bring a lot of value to the club. Like, would you please do this for me? Like, would you just come for one day? Because I think everyone else would learn so much by having you there that sort of encouragement. Like, how's the kid say no to that? Let's like, if you wanted to try out for football and someone was like, dude, you're awesome. Would you please come play football? Yeah, of course you would do it. Um, or if someone wanted to go on a date with you and they put it like that, it would just, all right, maybe that's not a good example, but, um, I think encouraging kids and letting them know what their strengths are and how that would make your club a better place instead of saying, Hey, I really think you need this because your socialization skills are weak. Um, not that you would say that, but like, I, I think playing to their strengths is always a way to, to bring kids in. Uh, I, the next question, Danielle, you love Danielle love. Um, do you take student teachers? I actually, so I've never had a student teacher before. Um, I would take on a student teacher, but I've done, uh, I've done like, I get folks that come in and do their practicum. So they come in for, I don't know, six, eight weeks. They sit in the back. They slowly start to like um, take over like certain stuff. Like they'll have uh like they'll be in charge of like a part of the class, like teaching like vocabulary or um, reviewing for tests or one-on-one stuff with kids or kids that get to step out and do tests elsewhere. They'll be in charge of that. So I've done that sort of thing, but never, I've never had a student teacher. Um, why are you looking for someone to student teach with Danielle? Hit me up. Same person. Um, same person. Yeah. What do you do with your students during park? park? Uh, so you don't have I don't have park testing um i'm in philadelphia i don't know if that's what it is and i don't know if it's because i'm high school we have keystone tests and more than anything so i'm not sure if this answers your question but this might answer a different question um during those tests i try and get students like i try and just tell them this is why this is important every single thing that we do in class i want you to because I said so it's no because I need to get through these notes real quick so if you can wait five minutes then you can go to the bathroom I need you to raise your hand because what you're saying is so invaluable that I want to wait so I can give you no state testing is important because where we go to school you have to pass it to graduate otherwise you get a certificate of attendance I think that's still the deal and who wants that Who's going to go for a job and be like, hey, listen, that whole uh, diploma thing didn't work out, but I certainly went to school for four years. Like, who cares? Um, you have to, like, 
be winning. And so kind of what I try and do is like help kids to, to understand that. And then, then I just pretty much nudge them if they try and fall asleep or I threaten them that I will put tape in their hair or shoot them with my water pistol because that's what I will do if you fall asleep during the test. Um, two part. All right. So let's see. Kayla Crozier said, what's up Reynolds. I'm a student at a particularly well-known high school and wanted to know how you deal with arrogance and narcissism in and out of the classroom. I see a lot of it in teachers and fellow teammates and find it frustrating to deal with. It's a real struggle because I don't want to develop that attitude. That's a really great question. I made a video about this sort of thing called how to deal with toxic teachers. Um, I'll link that below. Can you write that down so we don't forget? Um, she's so useful. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, so they, I think, you know, that's really hard because I know, I know too well what you're talking about because every school has folks like that, right? Um, I would say one, surround yourself with the type of people that you want to be like, right? And hopefully they exist. Even if it's one, two, three other people um, that you, that aren't just gonna complain. They're not the people that just go out and like complain about the students all the time or about the administration or about how long their day is. But, you know, and there's, there's space for that always because you want people that you can vent to, but it's like, are you just trying to stay there? Are you trying to like get involved in all the drama and the nonsense and who's dating who? And did you hear about this person? Why do they get to wear sneakers to school? We don't get to wear sneakers to school. Like, um, did you see what she had on today? It's like, who's got time for that crap, man? I'm trying to have like the greatest day ever every single day. So like surrounding yourself with people that are like that. And then under no circumstances, hanging out with the other folks. Like I don't, I, you know, actually my, Staff lounge in my school isn't, isn't a bad place. Um, it's actually, every time I go in there, it's very nice teachers that are in there. So, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe I should hang out there more. I don't know. But I I do lunch like with other teachers that I kind of like want to be around that, I, that I'm literally showing up because I want something from them. I want to hear their jokes or their silliness or what funny thing they're doing or how they spent their weekend or how they're bettering themselves. And I think just hanging out with folks that are like that makes you better. So I think that's a really good way. And then just deciding not to be, not to fall victim to that stuff. Like every once in a while it happens. Every once in a while you sit at the, at the wrong table at a professional development and everyone's complaining about everything. But just reminding yourself, like before you walk into professional development, I always kind of take a lay of the land there and I figure out those people are not gonna laugh. Those people are gonna take it too seriously. Those people are gonna complain all the time. Though those are my people over there, the weirdos. And then I'm going to go sit with them. Um, unless it's Randy. And then Randy used to do weird stuff during professional developments that would potentially get us in trouble, like ball up little pieces of paper and flick them at other it's people. Like um, he was, he was like a student. Um, the students yelled at. <laughs> he has a new book out right now too. And so it's called After the Shot Drops, and you should check that out because he's awesome. Um, Zoe B is asking, I'm teaching in a bilingual school in Peru. Awesome. And I have fourth graders with a challenge. Wait, I'm for some reason, I'm thinking about llamas all of a sudden because you said Peru because my <laughs> daughter loves llamas. I'm sorry. This completely has nothing to do with that. But I have fourth grade with a challenging group as most of them 
our leaders so our leaders so have collisions and personalities any advice on trying to unite them as a team uh that's great i love it how would we get those kids to feel like a team i would say one i like so i have a window in my back of my room and we write so i think a lot of this stuff is where's your mind at what's your mind frame when you're going i think your mind your state of mind has so much to do with everything that if you are practicing daily mindfulness about being grateful about being happy about where you are you can literally like cultivate your own world and i don't think that's too like fake kind of woo woo positive thinking stuff but it's i think that you are like if you're thinking about how grateful you are all day it's really hard to not be grateful for something and so in the back of my room on my windows i have things that i'm grateful for and sometimes students add to this sometimes i write things up there but it'll be like uh when my man pernell left early in the year i had a student uh brandon that left the school and he moved down to georgia and i wrote something about him on the window. Like I'm grateful for the year and a half that I have with Purnell in my classroom. I was grateful for the comic book artist that came in um, to show, talk to my students about like, you know, achieving at high levels and about like how to learn how to use your craft. Um, And having kids like add to this and be grateful for the things that they see around them. And that, you know, for the people in class, that can add something. I've also done things in the past where we used to do these meetings as a whole ninth grade. We still do them every Wednesday. Um, But we used to do this activity where you would say something that was positive about another student. So we have these things called the core values at our school. And so someone might stand up and say like, hey, Mr. Bluth this week um, showed perseverance when you know, like, I don't know, his dog died and he came into school anyway because he knew he had to teach the kids and, and stuff. Or this student showed um, curiosity when they were at the robotics convention and they were going around meeting other creators and asking them about how it was that they were able to create some of the things that were creating. So you're, you're like practicing gratefulness. You're getting kids to shout one another out. And then I would do some sort of activity, maybe take a trip or something like that and and that could possibly unify students, right? And through all of this, what you're doing is creating a culture in your classroom where the kids are practicing how to be like that. Uh, and then just telling them all the time, like I, I think you just shouting kids out or just telling them like, you know what, I just want you to know, like I've done this with classes before and it's always authentic and you have, sometimes it's hard to find the, the things to say, but I'll I'll tell kids on any number of occasions, like I want you to know that I actually really, really like get excited when you come in. Like it makes me happy when I see Kyle help someone out. It like does good to my heart or, you know, I just want everyone to know that like I saw Jabril like help this dude out or hold the door for someone. And like, I just think, you know, I just want you guys to know that I noticed that stuff because you guys are awesome. And I love being around your awesomeness. And so that you can do that and you can still get annoyed at classes but you're pointing out the good and then teaching them how to do that. And then I think that can help you grow a positive classroom culture. Uh, long answers for short questions. That's what we could call the show. <laughs> long answers and stupid comments to really great questions. 
Kimberly is asking, hi Reynolds, how are you? I am great. I think I'm great this weekend. Last weekend was very difficult, but this weekend's great. How do you work with a child who is in need of emotional support? I think um, that could be a lot of things, but the answer I'm gonna shoot with right now is is important to show kids what you want to see. It's important to be the example, to mimic the expectations. So um, I was actually just making a video about this today. Like if you want kids to work hard, you have to show them how to work hard. If you want them to be dependable, vulnerable, um, what, what, you know, whatever that is that you want kids to be calm, then you need to ex show them how, what it looks like to be calm, what it looks like to be forgiving or grateful for something. And you'd be surprised how much of an effect that has on students. And then sometimes pointing that out, not in a way that's like, well, I'm always calm with you. How come you can't be calm with me? It's like, do you, sometimes like if I need someone to sit down, I will, and they're like, uh, they're that dude, like wow, all the time. Like it looks like, you know, Cookie Monster and Animal from the Muppets, like made a baby. And that's the student that you have in class. Speaking to them calmly and saying, this is why I need you, like, recognize how I'm speaking to you right now. I need you to sit down and I, this is what I need you to do. And then like building the out for them. I think too many times we expect kids to know how to deal with stuff. Like we're like, how come you don't know how to control yourself? You're 18 years old or you're 15 years old or you're 10 years old. Like you should know how to do this. And that should word is tricky because I think if kids really knew the benefit of acting the correct way or acting appropriately, they would absolutely do it. But when they don't, when, when they, they might know that that's how they're supposed to act, but if, when they don't know the actual value or what that brings to the moment, they don't do it. So um, I think we have to actually break it down for kids a lot of times. And maybe you could do that by like showing movie clips and talking about like, is this the right way or the wrong way. It's just a pro I'm not, I don't like right or wrong. I usually use appropriate or inappropriate. Um, and like, is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? Like it's, it's, and sometimes it's just funny, but it's funny because you know, it's inappropriate. You know, when you're watching Step Brothers, that the way they act is inappropriate, like, because, and that makes it funny. Like, that's why it's funny. So sometimes breaking things down like that. And then I think also the other thing I would do is a lot of kids I know that have like anger management issues or emotional, like heavy emotional needs, just they lack a self-esteem. They, they're, they're looking for something and then that's why they're acting out because they are trying to fill a void. And so complimenting them. And sometimes that's really difficult, especially if a kid is a jerk, then you have to find things that are that they're doing that are good. And so that can help sometimes too, where you're just finding like the littlest thing like, that kid could be a bully to everyone, but they have a really neat book bag. Great work, my man. Your book bag is extremely well organized. Like, how did you get like that? Like, why do you think that that's important? Why do you, is that important to you? Or every time, maybe their hair is cut every two weeks on point and it's, it's never out of place. Complimenting them on that. Like, hey man, I just want you to know your hair game is tight. Like, I appreciate it because I... I like my hair. So, you know, talking about things like that and building them up in that way can help too. Reese is saying, hey, Reynolds, always trying to set a calm setting. Uh, oh, she's commenting. Okay, I'm reading it as if it's going to be a question. Always try to set a calm setting from the time they walk in with music, 
lamps versus overhead lighting and greeting at the door. We tried to set the day off right. Yo, that's is that the end of that comment? Yeah. Yes. Um, Reese, that is a hundred percent along the lines of what I'm thinking too. Like, I, and that I miss that. So I don't. I never use overhead lighting in my room. It is too glaring. I have like spotlights in my room or lamps or accent lighting, or I just use the lighting for my windows. Uh, music. So I'm going to talk about this in this week's video too. This week we listened to, I don't know why this song was stuck in my head. I don't know where it came from. I haven't heard it in a really long time. I don't think, but George Michael's, I'm never going to, is it called, what's the name of the song? I'm never going to dance again. Guilty <laughs> feet of God. My wife loves when I sing James like that. I played that song for my class and it I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I wasn't, I still not sure why any of those dudes know what that song is, but everyone started dancing to it and it created this vibe for the kids leaving and the kids coming in that was so funny and so kind of like relaxing that everyone just sat down, careless whisper. Thank you, Miss e Miss S does music. She does. Are you doing George Michael in class, Miss S? Because that's a class that everyone should take. It was so awesome um, that they just did that and danced with it. And then I and I kept thinking, like, if an administrator comes in, they're going to think, like, what the hell's happening in this class? But then we talked about, like, the power of music and that sort of thing. So, Reese, awesome. Great job. Um, what am I looking at? <laughs> Another is asking, I'm a teacher in the UK. I love the UK. Uh and now I'm just thinking about the Sounds time I spent in London. I know, I, my head just, I think I have ADD. 100%. Plus, I, you made me drink that bullet coffee. I wonder if my qualifications would be of any use in the U.S. I'd love to spend a year teaching there. I wonder how the wages compare. So um, I would say, I'm not sure how to find that out, but my guess is the wages are applicable, like are like kind of similar. I don't really know. Um it also depends on like what kind of school you want to teach in too. So I think schools like mine that are in the inner city, right? So let me, let me draw this distinction for you. Teaching title one school in title one schools or schools in low income neighborhoods are not all bad, right? So it's not like teaching in the hood doesn't equal like kids just taking over the classroom, kids throwing things. And like, you know, it's not dangerous minds all the time. Like they, that's in the movies. These are, they're just kids and they have challenges just like everyone else. And they need help just like everyone else. And I don't know why everyone doesn't stay in those schools all the time, but like they don't. And so schools like mine, uh, like inner city schools are always looking for teachers. I don't think they would give a crap where you came from. If you have teaching certification that transfers over to the United States so that they can legally allow you in the classroom, like I'm sure you could find a school to do that with. And I think that's an awesome idea. Um, and if you do pull that off, like, please let me know. Cause I'm, I would love to be able to tell other people that would be great. I would love to teach in London. Um, for like, yeah, come on, man. London's fun. We're not, I mean, I want to go. We don't have good enough fashion sense really to be in London, but no. <laughs> cause everyone looks like an H and M model in London, even the grandmoms. Uh, Danielle love is saying, I'm just, that's how I'm going to pronounce your name. Cause I don't really know how to say it. So but, and I, I like that version. So Danielle is <laughs> saying, did you have to get another certification from Jersey to Philly? Yes, but it is way easier to go from Jersey to Philly. Philly, apparently there's one 
lady that is in charge of certification in Philadelphia, but she is extremely efficient. Jersey, it's like you just, it, you might as well throw a, a bottle into the ocean. In Jersey. Everything is just in Jersey. I felt like I wrote a note, I put it in a bottle and threw it into the ocean. And then six months later, like I had, I got a response back. Philly, it was in no time. And you don't have to like, I think if you go from Philly to Jersey, you have to take like your practicum again. They make you do all this nonsense again. And moving in the Philly, it was like, nope, just send in my paperwork. They approved it. I was teaching in Philly. And it was, you know, then you just have to get like your FBI clearance and stuff like that. Tracy Pinter, what's up? Trace is asking, what would be on your teacher music playlist to keep you motivated and pumped up? Oh, Trace. I don't think you want to know my teacher music. Uh, so it depends on what kind of day it is. But I've been real into who's my dude that I sing all those songs that show. I don't pay attention. I'm forgetting. Miss S will know. So I'm going to ask right now. Miss S, who was the singer for Chicago, the band Chicago? Because that dude's Pandora station is hilarious. And sometimes I just need like ridiculous, hilarious music. Um, so Miss S is talking about other stuff. I, I, I know she's going to know the answer. Um, it, sometimes like slow 80s jams are just they just, it is such ridiculous. The juxtaposition between what my day looks like and careless whisper is just what I need sometimes. Other than that, I listen to a lot of, um, so there was a song by, oh, I'm going to forget that one. Oh, but, Peter Tamara? What? Peter Cetera. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Peter Cetera. Good job, Ella Jane. She's just win a prize. Um, the, Peter Cetera's Pandora Station is hilarious. Him and Christopher Cross, that guy that wrote that song, Sailing, Take Me Away. That, that is, it, it cracks me up. Because I'll like be sitting in the back of a classroom, watching someone else teach in my room, and it's going however it's going. But then that song is the soundtrack to that moment. It, I don't know what it is. It just cracks me up. No, my other jam that is my absolute go-to is the Tribe Called Quest Pandora Station is um, that and the Beastie Boys Pandora Station because they play a lot of like old school hip hop arc jam. Um, and then after school, on the way to school, I like the Cold War Kids Pandora Station or the National Pandora Station that for the band National uh, kind of sets the the tone uh, to kind of like, what's that? I had the Tigers always your Jam. I had Tiger was my pump up jam one year, or um, I'm gonna forget that other song, man. I forget. It's uh, in the morning. It's either old school hip hop or like old school punk rock songs to like get me jammed up to walk in. But then when I'm there, it's the flip. Peter Cetera, you know. Damn, that song you did with Cher, that was magic, magic in a bottle. Again, two bottle references. All right, so Kayla Crozier is asking. Um, another one, sorry, no problem. That's what we're here for. Thank you for asking. How do you deal with anxiety or stress amongst students in the classroom? My school is very competitive and me personally have had two episodes with this problem and don't know how to. So I'm going to answer this because I'm not sure. I think you're, you're asking for your anxiety and stress, but also with students, anxiety and stress, I would say, oh, you, you are a student. Um, 
Wait. Oh, Kayla Crozier. Yeah, I know. Now I'm remembering your name. Man. So if I was a student, how would I deal with anxiety? You know, one of the things they t- let, let me let me approach it like this. One of the things that they tell you, like, like people will say to young folks, like old people like me will say to young people is like, you know, you have to stop caring what everybody else thinks. But that's like the most impossible thing that to just do. It's that is a practice that you get better at as you're going along. And there's tons of adults that say they don't care, but they're full of crap. They care. That's why they don't rock pajama bottoms when they're at Walmart. It's not because they have a sense of self-worth or self-respect. They just don't want to run into the wrong person. You know, that dude that they dated when they were 19 and now they're, you know, and have that show up on Facebook or Twitter. Like they're, they're concerned about their outward appearance. I think that's, that's part of the answer though, is like, I think when we get stressed out, we're stressed out not because of our of what we want or that we aren't doing as good as we think we can, but because we're concerned about other people's expectations, whether that be parents or other students or, or administration or colleges. So maybe starting to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, right? Like, so this is a common theme here, right? It's like, but Tim Ferriss once said that you are, I, I think Tim Ferriss said this, you are the um, sort of the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So are the folks you're hanging out with, like, are they, are they, do they have attributes of the type of person that you want to be? Or are you hanging out with people that like, don't that like maybe aren't the best example of the kind of people that you want to be. So I think that's one thing that you can do um, is hang out with those people. And then back to what I said earlier, like, I think that, you know, putting ourselves in voluntary stressful situations can help you out as well. I think the other thing that I talk to my boys about a lot is um, using your imagination in ways where like, so, so this is what I, I think is a really good idea. Before you go to school, you put on, I, I always put on music because music kind of can magically transport me. I think it's like the most transformative art ever created, like where you put a song on and bam, right away, you're hyped up or you're sad or you're remembering that boy from fifth grade or something like that. You sit down and you envision, this is what it's going to look like when I go into school. This is what it's going to look like when I go into class. This is what it's going to look like if that girl that talks to me that I don't really like and never says anything nice, um, like what's going to happen when that happens. So you're kind of like, walking through the day already and then you'll actually go through it. And I, for me, that helps a lot. So like, if I know there's a particular student that's going to piss me off, like I sit with that quietly in a room alone. Um, I think it was Blaise Pascal said that all men's troubles come from his inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And so sitting quietly in a room alone, listening to music or just sitting quietly and, and kind of, um, going through the activity before the activity happens. Uh, what am I looking at? I think that helps. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, say that that's who it no, is? No, don't. Okay. I'm you. Oh, okay. So crazy screen name. I can't read LX Burn Jamie. I mean, it looks like. Um, how, are, how awesome are you really, Reynolds? I don't know why you're... Never mind. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I don't understand. 
that was a weird step. So, uh, so that's what I'm thinking about that. Um, yeah, well, I'm sorry. What am I doing now? Do you Lost. not want to answer that question? I don't know how I, so I know who that is. Okay. But they're asking how awesome am I? I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, I know that dude is awesome. So kid that I know that's answering, asking me that question, you know, I teach you. So I'm around awesomeness all day. Uh, certain kids, let me just say this. There's a student that is leaving messages on here. That is a really great, great individual. Um, certain kids, isn't it funny how like you show up to school and you see certain people and it just like makes your day to know that that individuals like that exist in the world. Like you might have a student that, and I have any number of these guys that like you see them and you're just like, the fact that you exist makes the world a better place. And I'm so glad that people made you. Um, James Dow is asking, what is your perspective for the funding of arts education? Bro, this is, uh, I would say this, James, that, who, um, education, I may have talked about this before, is one of those things that I just, and I guess it's because I'm in the game, but like, how is there not enough money for education, right? Like we have money for all kinds of crazy stuff um, where I, I once heard my, the guy that I talk about all the time, Father Gregory Boyle, who runs this gang prevention and outreach program in Los Angeles. And it's the biggest gang outreach program in the country. They give, he said, his, his saying is nothing stops bullets like a job. And so one year, they, this, this happened any number of times, where they literally run out of money, where they don't know on Friday how they're going to sign paychecks for all these folks that have gotten out of prison, that have gotten off the streets, and they've gotten jobs, and they're trying to put their lives right, but then they don't know how they're going to pay because they don't, they don't have enough money to, to pay these folks. Um, but then he was talking about how one time there was like, it was something like a giraffe or an elephant in the LA County Zoo like needed to move somewhere else because they didn't have money for it. And like all these people donated money, right? Like there was all of a sudden this huge influx of money to help this giraffe or this elephant go somewhere. And I'm not slating giraffes and elephants. They're wonderful. I love them. But when I'm thinking of children and education, it's like, where is that money then? I think arts and education is extremely important. I think when my growing up, my brother was always in trouble. And the thing that literally I think saved his life in high school was the marching band that that is where he found his people. It was like that blind melon video where like the chunky girl in the, in the B costume, like can't find her people. And then at the end of the video, she's like in a, in a field with other people with B costumes on, they're all dancing around. Like kids need places to find their people. And it's not always football and baseball and lacrosse. Sometimes it's theater. Sometimes it's, you know, the uh, tap group, sometimes it's marching band or jazz band or, you know, the anime after school program. And that if we don't offer these opportunities to students, then they might not find their people. And sometimes those are the people that are literally going to save their lives, save their sanity and help them get locked in and learn who they are. And without those opportunities, they just, they, they don't have it. And it's, it's awful, but you know, I think, and not to go off on some kind of political rant, but like we, we have money, right, that exists, but we spend it on other things. And I think allocating, 
like money, those funds towards education, I'm not sure like what else, at least preemptively is better, right? Like, so there's, it is better for the country, for the world, for people, for children, for the future is giving kids the education that they need and all the things that that encompasses. Um, Kimberly is saying, how do you deal with people who are your colleagues and that you think and think that they are your boss and tell you what to do? Bam. Um, man, great question. Uh, people that tell you what to do. I think one, so let's say this, let's tell this story because this is a real thing that's going to happen at some point. Um, and I'm going to this. So we're going to take it from this position. I know that the guy that lives behind me in my house is racist. He is loud all the time. He curses incessantly, super loud, like just out of nowhere. He'll just like start yelling the F word to the point where my kids come in. And I remember my daughter at three was like, dad, what's this word mean? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I constantly have to go outside or my wife typically does this walks out back at bedtime and says like, yo, it's time for bed. Like you can't be doing that anymore. And I sometimes get so pissed that I just want to walk over there with like a baseball bat and like start destroying things in his backyard. Cause I'm so mad that I have to listen to it all the time, that it happens all the time, that he's just drunk, like from the morning till the night. But I know at the end of the, this is how I'm literally going to handle this situation is if I go, cause they're drinking all the time. Anyway, if I go buy a 30 pack or 12 pack of cheap beer and I walk over there one night when they're already drunk and I sit down to have beers with them, I know that that is going to be the thing that helps that situation. That's going to be the thing where I get to learn something about someone. I get to know more about who they are, where they come from, and what their story is. Because really, when you learn someone's story, they become more manageable, even if they're a total jerk all the time. But you realize like where they came from, or like maybe they need to boss you around because they like lack that somewhere in their life. Maybe they their marriage sucks. Maybe their kids don't listen to them. Maybe they never had that growing up. And so learning people's stories is the greatest thing we can do. It's just seems like sometimes a punch in the face. And I'm not saying she's punching in the face or he's punching in the face, but like sometimes getting punched in the face, like we think that punching someone back in the face is going to be like the best thing. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that sometimes, but like sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just like saying, dude, what are you doing? Like, why would you act that way? Um, and I think the, my other piece of advice to that is sometimes it's just easier to just laugh it off, right? Like sometimes I have dealt with folks in my life, in school, in my neighborhood where you're just like, dude, like, really? Like, I guess like that's where you're coming at me from with that madness. Um, and sort of like just laughing it off, uh, and then doing whatever you want. Cause that's what I like doing. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say those two things. So maybe like say like invite four people out that you really like for a drink and then invite that individual and be like, yo, we're going out for drinks. Like you should come with us. I think it would be really fun. Um, and then even letting your friends know, like, look, I'm trying to like, like squash this. So like, let's make sure that we're having a really great time. Um, and like really involve this individual and maybe you build a friendship there and then you can tell them, Hey, wasn't it so funny when you used to try and tell me what to do all the time, but now we're friends.
That's what I tell my wife sometimes. <laughs> I knew that was going to get a reaction out of you. Uh, so we're almost at an hour. So let's uh, just do these last couple. Tiffany Tran is asking, how do you bridge the gap between high performers and those who don't seem to grasp the material? I'm struggling with this challenge, a handful of kids, but don't want to leave the others behind. I think, uh, you know, it's, you can either give kids who are grasping the material, like, uh, so look, let's start with this. Fair isn't equal, right? So what is demanded of one child is not necessarily what needs to be demanded of another child. And they don't even need to know that you're making two different kind of lesson plans or two different assignments. Um, but if a kid is really grasping things, like have them move on a little bit quicker and then have someone else, like maybe like the work is easier. Maybe they're doing less problems. Maybe they're, but they're doing like more, a more focused, um, sort of approach to it. Maybe they are have different requirements in their writing or in how much homework that they are being asked to produce or, you know, but uh, I think that's one way that you can do it is like literally making two different plans for those kids or, or I mean, generally the way my classes work is like about 80% of the kids are like pretty much in the same spot. 10% are moving at a little bit quicker rate, 10% are moving at a much slower rate. And so not being afraid to call that out, like it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you're learning at a different rate than everyone else. And in this class, like maybe in history, you're crushing it. Maybe in math, you do better. And, and that's often the case. But uh, whatever it is, I think it's literally trying to meet kids where they are so you can get them to where they need to be. So if that means you have to like order some special books for someone or change the way performance because they're they're not grasping the material or grading them in a different way um it you know at the end of the day it's like what do you want them to know as the end point right and then reverse engineering that like this is where i want you to get to um and think about it in terms of those two different types of, of kids like where do i want this kid that's like really well e easily achieving and the kid that struggles, like, where do I want them to be? And then how do I get them to get there? Uh, I think reverse engineering that helps a lot um, in those sort of situations. And <clears throat> Delhi is at Delhi, who's kind kid. All right. Hi, Delhi. I'm sorry about the fact that I can't pronounce your last name because I lack the skill. Um, uh, how do you, man, it's so awkward when I can't see someone's last name. I don't like it. Um, how do you convince students that formative work in class is just as important as summative work? Students always ask this and put it uh, into effort accordingly. Um, that's a really great idea. That's a great question that I've not been asked for. I would say, so it's funny. I think about things like not everything, your whole life isn't a test right? It's like how you get to that end point as well. And breaking that down for students in some real world ways. Uh, I've had classes before that they don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to do the cool project. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to do something silly. They just want the work. Give me the work so I can take the test. I can get the points. And every single thing that you do, they want to know what, how many points is this worth? And so a lot of times I just go some or more than a lot or not so much or like some 
ridiculous answer that, uh, or I'll say like, a, uh, it's about some points, give or take. Um, letting kids know that like in a job, you're not getting graded on every single assignment, right? You're like moving towards a goal. So breaking that down. And so maybe you could find some articles about that. Maybe you could find um, about what that looks like in the real world. Maybe finding speakers to come in and speak to your class. Like people are always willing to do this. I don't know why people don't do it more. Um, to have like adults who are professionals come in and talk to your kids about sort of that idea and about how that's important. And maybe even telling your kids like, look, this is so important. And I realize you're not grasping that it's not all about the test. That it's about this other work too. And how the, it's about that kind of the old, like it's about the journey, not about the destination. Um, this is so important to me that you grasp this concept. That I'm going to bring people in that we're going to spend like a day a week reading an article about this or watching a video about this uh, because that it, it's that important. And then, like I said before, breaking down the importance of each individual assignment and not having any busy work, no nonsense, no time fillers, but that everything for one reason or another is important. Even when I've given this, uh, I've talked about this before, we're like, if my guys are taking a vocab test on Friday, when they're done, I have them flip it over and then I have them draw something ridiculous, right? So like, what kind of cereal would be the most disgusting cereal in the world? Draw a picture of that on the back. If you could put two animals together that you really like, what two animals would you put together and then draw a picture of that? And some guys are just like, this is stupid. Why would I do this? And the reason is that I have them do it is because it buys time for the other students, right? I realize that just sitting there with your hands folded and being quiet is very difficult sometimes. So instead, I give you this little activity that's silly, that has you thinking, that makes you want to get everyone else to laugh, and you spend that time drawing this on the back. What you're really doing is buying your friends time so that they can test at a rate that's not making them feel awkward because everyone else is done um, and they're just staring at them waiting for them to finish. So always like saying expressly what the importance of, of every single thing you're doing in class and why you do it, like why you're doing that and why it's important. I think I just said that four different ways, kind of, sort of. Um, that's what I would do. Here's the last question. Last question. Moonscar, greatest name of the night, because that's just a cool visual. Uh, says, hi there. I'm a student teacher in my last nine days. Dang. Awesome. Of practicum and my mentor is driving me crazy she talks a lot in the comments with other people about how awful she is her student teacher is only two years older than her so i think she's having a hard time oh, like boo. or two years experience or yeah so it's like not that much experience yeah, and all that so stuff like, got it um i'm at the point where i don't even want to talk to her <laughs> to talk to me anymore how do i survive my last few days look uh i how, how would I put this? Literally feeling like lots of angst from All right. So one, um, maybe there's nothing you can do, right? Let's, let me start. Let me start off there. And that's the answer you wanted, right? Maybe there's nothing you can do about that individual. I would become, know that the end is near, right? That that day is coming where this will all be over. And if you don't want to, you never have to speak to that woman again or man. I think it was woman, right? Uh Two, I would get hyper-focused on the students. How are you going to make these nine days the best that you can with the students? And one of the ways that you're going to, you could do that is the students are going to feel 
some type of way when you leave, right? Like if you've built any connection with them, they're going to really, really miss you. And they might act out this week. They might not be sure what to do with that. They might be sure, not sure if they're ever going to talk to you again, or if they're ever going to see you again. And so I would make sure that you leave on like, kind of like just take those punches these last nine days for the students. Because if you leave and it's a, you, it's on a bad foot, coming back and visiting those students is going to be very difficult. And maybe um, leaving, knowing that you're going to come back and see them, you can, you can leave on a better note with that, with that teacher. So I would start this week. A good way to practice that is like for the students that you really feel like you've connected with, I would write them notes. Like, these are the things that I noted about you. Thank you so much for making my time special. This is how you made my time special. Um, these are the things I hope for you in the future. And these are the things I love that you bring to class every day. Or I love, you know, your smile or how you make everyone laugh or how you're so caring or how you're always willing to help people out. And then maybe some asks of them. So like when I leave, please make sure that like you keep uh, like cleaning the board for your teacher every day or like make sure that you keep helping that kid next to you that has a hard time paying attention to pay attention, like giving them some action items too that they can do. And I think if you focus on the students and in that sort of way, it's going to be easier to like to withstand, you know, the abuse of, of, a, of a crazy person for the next nine days because you're focused on the students. Um, and look, student teaching, if anyone else there is still doing that, I still keep up with the kids that I student taught with. So every time Mandy post a picture on Facebook or Instagram, I make sure that I comment on it. If people are like last fall, was it? I got hit up on Facebook or Instagram that all these kids I taught years and years and years ago who are now like married and professionals and like, you know, I don't think anyone had kids yet, but like they were all going out for drinks and they were like, Reynolds, you want to go out for drinks? Heck yeah, man. I want to go out for drinks. So like, just remember that these kids aren't, you know, they, they're the potential for them to stay in your life and for you to stay in their lives is really, really great. So it's important that the last few days, like you really stick to that um, and want that because my wife is laughing about something um, because you don't know where those relationships are going to lead or how great of an influence you've been to them and that you might want to continue to be to them. What are you laughing about? This is up to you. I don't know. What the heck does that mean? I don't know. He wants you to David, say it. David. But I don't know if it's fresh. Granados, like, hi, from Spain. Please say, I don't even know how to say that, dude. What's it mean? You don't know. I don't know what it means either. What if I'm saying something awful? Like, I don't know. I can think of a lot of awful things. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that, dude. If I don't know what, if you tell me what it means, maybe I can say it real quick. It's, it means what's up. Oh. Bro, are you telling the truth? Because okay, if this passes. ends up like a meme. Oh, okay, oh, is that what it means? What is he saying? K-K-L-A-P-A-S-A? 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 <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't taken Spanish in like a hundred years. Um, and I teach at a school that makes our students learn Latin. Uh, so yeah. So look, a couple things before I go. One, um, don't hang up yet, first of all, please. Uh, I have, oh yeah, and I got a P.O. box, right? Because people have been asking me about that. So I'm like feeling important because I have a P.O. box. So P.O. box 11, Gloucester City, New Jersey. I'll put it in the show notes under this. Um, 
P.O. Box 11, Gloucester City, New Jersey, 08030 in the United States is my P.O. Box because people have been asking me about like sending stuff or sending stuff from their students and um, if I had an address and stuff like that. So that's what it is. Two, either May 4th or 5th, we're not sure yet. We are 100% doing a meetup in Philadelphia somewhere. I don't care if one person comes because I just like meeting people and talking about this stuff. So you can just show up. Even if you're super socially awkward, I will fill the space because I like to talk, obviously, because I just did it for an hour effortlessly. Um, and I have a video coming out tonight. So check that John out too. And is that it? And that's all we got. Uh, right? You're, you're going to tell me that there's something else if I, if I no, leave. No, that's it. All right. Everybody, I hope you have the most great week, awesomest, magicalest week ever. Um, and the end of the year is coming soon. So like make the best of every single moment that we have going forward. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for everything. As always, peace. And the awkward ending that keeps happening every week because I have to end the stream. There it goes. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.